0: continue with our downtime from operation 7 and we were in the midst of doing a crafting design with uh, with Ollie so uh there's a series of questions that I am to ask you when we're designing your blueprint here that is part of your paracaus protocol uh special blueprint so Um, You may join me on page 147 of the game PDF if you wish, otherwise I can just ask you these questions and you can listen and answer. Um, So, during downtime a Strider can shape special materials with tools to produce strange tech, build or modify items, create transcendent gadgets, or grow biotechnological tools. Uh, The rules for each method are basically the same with different details depending on the type of project. So, uh, normally, if you're designing a blueprint for a new invention or piece of gear, you need to decipher its workings as a long-term project. However, you get a a, a special blueprint from your Paracos protocol um, gear there. Uh, Not gear, Paracos protocol special ability. So, we don't need to do the long-term project for this, but we do still need to answer the design questions. So, the first question here is, what kind of gear is it, and what does it do? So, when I ask about what kind... um, the options are things like mundane transcendent biotechnological um you know techno mystical something along those lines
1: um that's a good question um i don't know whether or not it uses science or uses um magic
0: well is it like a it's like a symbiotic type thing like is it does it have um organic Components.
1: Oh, I think that would be cool. Um, okay. Yeah, let's go with something like okay. that.
0: So I'm going to put uh, biotechnological. Yep. And what does it do? So we're talking about a sort of uh, an adverse environment's protective uh, outfit, right? Yep. Like to be able to survive in a variety of environments that are not necessarily, uh, what's the what's the term I'm looking for, hospitable to life. So what kind of functions do you think that it has? Like, how do you think it does this?
1: How do I think it does this? Okay, well, I think um, I would like the idea of the helmet part being able to glow. At points, um, I like the idea of having some sort of temperature control. And of course, the main thing that Ali wants, which is to be able to breathe in environments where they otherwise wouldn't be able to breathe.
0: Okay, so temperature, ability to breathe, perhaps like uh, excluding harmful uh, what it, gases or rays, yeah. radiation. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, does it have like lights, scanning, anything like that?
1: Yeah, uh, I like the idea of it being able to to glow, um, either just the helmet part or the whole thing. Okay. The first thing I thought about was um, you know like bioluminescent biolum- mushrooms.
0: Yeah. Yeah, you can have access to a lot of different types of bioluminescence. Uh, you know, the bioluminescent mushrooms are, as I recall, part of the light source in the in the underground in the maw. And between that and the gems, is that am I right on that velvet? Yes. Okay, so that's available, and of course um, the, uh, the the centaurans would would have bioluminescent members who uh, naturally bioluminesce. So there's plenty of, of uh, options to draw upon from there. So it's bioluminescent. Okay. Um. Anything else you think it does?
1: No, that's just about it.
0: Okay, and the next thing is you ask me, what's the minimum quality level of this gear? And I have to use the magnitude of the gear's effect as a guideline. Let me see if I can take a look at this here. Magnitude as a guideline for setting the quality level higher or lower than my discretion. Okay, I just need to quickly check how this interacts with the crafting role in order to see. Cause I think the thing that you're making here is probably pretty complex. Like it seems like a fairly complicated device that you want to be able to craft here. Yep. So what's the minimum quality level? Okay. So this is this is gear that will affect the person wearing it only. That's right. Okay. Okay. I was gonna look at the examples here for the ones that we already have so there are well-known blueprints that exist like things that you can try to make and a lot of these are based on the uh, the things that are already in your tech belt like the alkahest and the fire choke foam howl blossoms and all that stuff so those are magnitude two to three in general the fire choke foam is one uh, let's see slip water quick prior sap token sample invention Okay, so a flight kit, a thruster pack, and a pair of energy-actuated wings, each of which contain a hover pulse disc that allows the wearer to hover in place or fly freely in the air, is magnitude, is quality four. Um, Now, this doesn't have any, like, movement abilities, right? It's just the protection and and the environment. Okay, so I am going to say, in this case that the minimum quality level for a functional version of this is three. I think that makes sense to me.
1: I think so too.
0: All right, so we're gonna do minimum quality level of this gear is going to be three. And then I ask what rare or strange feature of this design keeps it out of everyday use? So why doesn't everybody have these? Or what what prevents it from being usable for, for you know the average person in a day-to-day basis? <laughs> rare or strange feature?
1: Rare or strange feature? Does anyone have any suggestions? <laughs> the only thing that I could think of is just the way that it looks, but I feel like that's pretty boring.
0: Um. Okay. So how does it, how does it, uh, how do you wear it? How do you put it on? Like what's the process of donning this suit?
1: Oh gosh. I, I kind of like the idea of it um, having just a ridiculous way of getting it put on uh, kind of like it's cut into two halves and you have to use a zipper along the sides. Up your arms and legs, I'm just, so I imagine it would be a pain in the ass to have to get on.
0: Okay, so there's there's something about it that prevents it from being like you can't just step into part of it and then Iron Man style it it puts itself on you.
1: Yeah, we'll we'll see about that with a future update.
0: <laughs> okay, I guess for now probably the the strange feature of it there is that like putting it on, taking it off, all that has to be completely analog, completely manual, probably because of the way that it's built and hardened if it had systems that would like automatically allow you to put it on and take it off, it would be too vulnerable to certain environmental factors. Maybe does that make sense? Yeah,
1: No, that makes sense.
0: Okay. So it's just, it's, it's a pain in the ass to put on and take off and it's probably not super comfortable either. So that would be the rare or strange feature of the design. That works for this setting. Uh, And then finally you get to ask, do you have question number four up there?
1: Yeah, what drawbacks does this item have, if any?
0: Okay, well, let's see here. Um, what if
2: it looks like the chameleon suit from the Journeyman Project 3 Legacy of Time?
0: <laughs> I don't want it to be that bulky. <laughs> hmm. well, I don't think I want to use Unreliable for this. <laughs> More glitchy. I got it with the um, I know. Uh, Consumable doesn't really make sense. Okay. Um, I think it is conspicuous. This creation doesn't go unnoticed. So you were talking about how you were thinking about the way it looks might be uh, a drawback or something. So I think the drawback is that it's conspicuous. It says this creation doesn't go unnoticed. Take plus one heat if it's used any number of times on an operation. Certain pieces of tech might be especially conspicuous adding more heat. I don't think that's necessary, but uh, in what way do you think is conspicuous. Have you thought about what it might look like?
1: Um, I haven't really. Um, let me think on it and come back to you next game session. Okay. I do have a question though about conspicuous. Um, since Kiker's asked earlier if it'd be possible to make something for her, would we end up taking plus 1 heat plus uh for each shoot that's being worn or just plus 1 heat as a whole as a group?
0: Uh, that's a good question, and I will ask in the in the discord server for the game to see what that is my uh my instinct is to say it would just be plus one heat because the creation is being used it says if it's used in any number of times on an operation so i think like regardless of how many of it there are it's probably still just plus one but uh that's my gut take but i'll check with uh i'll check with uh that was my gut take
1: too so i i hope i hope we're both right
0: (laughs) okay so with that done, uh, we are going to craft it. So let's look at the crafting roll, and then everybody else who's on the call will be able to talk again. Um, here we go. Oh, sorry, I don't say that to make anyone feel uh, singled out or down. I was—it's
3: just... all good. <laughs> oh,
2: it's okay. I'm just—I'm just vibing here, going through the journeymapproject.com.
0: I—I I don't want, uh, Trudy. I don't want you to feel like I am implying that this is taking too much time or anything i don't think it is no
2: i get it i
1: i appreciate it this is our first time doing it so i expect mm-hmm. it to take some time
0: okay so craft something <laughs> spend one downtime activity to make a shape roll to determine the quality level of the item you produce the base quality level is equal to your community's prosperity modified by the result of the roll. so our prosperity currently is one so in order to craft a tier three item Uh, you either need to roll a critical success or you will need to use shells to increase the tier of your success up to critical. Because as our current prosperity is level one and the minimum quality of the item is three, you need to be able to roll tier plus two as a success. Does that make sense?
1: Yes, it makes sense. How many shells do we have right now?
0: Uh, Still a lot.
1: (laughs) Okay, so we we can blow some shells.
0: Yeah, let me let me pull up the sheets here. It's on the um,
1: yeah um,
0: on the courier the, sheet for the myriad.
1: Yeah, I think I'm on that page now. I'm just trying to find it.
0: So we have two just floating in uh, in cash. Oh no, sorry. We have one, two, three, four, five. So we have eight floating in cash. Um, yeah. So we we have a lot of shells currently. So we should we should be using them to do more stuff uh, for sure. And again, remember you can use shells to uh, do additional downtime actions in addition to using shells to increase the result of downtime actions.
1: So then I take it, I roll first and then I decide whether or not I want to use the shell.
0: Yeah. Otherwise the, uh, let's see. So I set the minimum quality level you need to achieve to forge the item, which is three based on the magnitude, the magnitude is a guideline for setting the quality. It can be higher or lower at my discretion to better describe the nature of the project. Mm-hmm. So if you want this to be like a prototype one that doesn't have to be quality three, then I think you could do that with the additional drawback of consumable. The prototype one will only work like a certain number of times. Um, if you want to make the tier three one, then it wouldn't have the consumable drawback.
1: Let's go for tier three.
0: Okay.
1: We only live once. Mm-hmm. All right. Moment of truth, guys.
0: Yeah, this is your shape roll there.
1: Five. Um, so I can spend the um, the shells, right? Or a shell. Yes.
0: Uh, You would need to spend one shell to bring it up to tier plus one, and then another shell to bring it up to tier plus two. So, with two shells, you can you can create this.
1: Is everyone okay with me blowing through two shells? Oh, ham! Yeah. All right, let's get rid of them shells.
0: Okay, Um, I will delete those from the sheet. There we go. That leaves us six there. Okay, and well, do you want to give us a little flavor what the process is like? building this like what's the what's the tony stark in a cave scene here
1: <laughs> um gosh i just imagine that once ollie got back from that um adventure uh, that they just hold themselves up inside of their broom and um fueled themselves on coffee and caffeine and sugar cookies and <laughs> just spent all day uh working on it or probably several days and no one heard from Ollie. And um all they heard was just noises, strange noises coming from the room. Um, <laughs> um as far as what Ollie did, um, I just imagine Ollie putting things together and then taking them apart and then putting them back together again and just lots of putting all these strange things together and um you know, examining them, deciding that that's not what they want, and then pulling it apart and redoing things over and over again until suddenly everything is all, you know, as they want it.
0: (laughs) Very nice. Because this is biotechnological, what do you have an idea of, uh, like, how much of it is organic and how much of it is technological? Like, is it, does it, does it breathe or pulse or something? I like the idea
1: yeah, I like the idea of it being able to, like, um, you know, Uh, like pulse while it's almost like it's a you know breathing Mm. so something like that um i like the the glow coming from you know organic luminescent mushrooms um part of me just likes the creepiness factor of it feeling organic when you step into it so it's kind of just squishy (laughs) Mm -hmm. and a little damp
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah and so when like when when uh, Ollie comes out of it like their fur is kind of matted I'm guessing because it's a little bit damp.
1: Exactly exactly.
0: I think this is definitely another reason why it's not an everyday use. It People look at it and creepy. they're like are, th- are p- those zippers or teeth on the sides like <laughs> uh, it's wet? I don't know.
1: <laughs> I, I love that. I love that so much.
0: Okay great. Um, So you have successfully completed your environmental suit. Uh, we can come up with a cooler name for it another time if you want um does anyone else want to spend shells to do additional downtime actions how many shells do we have left oh sorry six
2: yeah i don't remember doing any downtime actions besides cutting loose um are you sure we did them all or I just not remembering correctly?
0: I think we did. I can try to go back and listen. Um, the uh, The list of remaining downtime actions that I had was just the all these crafting, reading rhythms, action clocks, and experience.
2: Okay, uh, I guess mu- I must have done something then. Sorry. Okay.
0: Um, okay, maybe it was a training or something like that.
2: Yeah. Um, what did I do last time?
0: unfortunately it has been more than the few days we were hoping to get in there mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um if it does turn out that uh my notes here are wrong then we can we can do a, a flashback to a downtime action
2: of course of course let's just uh, i'm fine with moving on with whatever we were going to do next sorry
0: no that's fine um Velvet, do you
3: have any additional downtime actions you'd like to do for Jojo? How far along am I in the Sacred Shrine? Uh, you are two out of four on the Sacred Shrine. I mean, if you'll don't mind, I'll, I'll drop another shell to... Wait, can I drop another shell to keep working on the Sacred Shrine? Or is that like a, a once per rest type thing?
0: Uh, I think you can continue working on it. I don't think there's anything that prevents that. Uh, let me quickly check here. I, I have not... I do not recall any rule about that. Let me see here. Uh, construct foundation, fill segments according to the rule. rule. The clock fills. Uh, no, there's nothing that says there's a limit on that.
3: As long as you're willing um, to spend the shells. Right on. Are you all cool with me dropping a shell to roll for that one again?
2: Go nuts. Yeah. Right on. Go nuts.
3: Uh, what is the rule for that one again?
0: Um, shape is usually what we use for working on a foundation because you're building something physically for the most part. I think you used a different one last time, but normally it's going to be shape.
3: Yeah, I used a tune last time to at least locate the site, but I guess I'll roll shape this time since it's the actual construction of it. Okay.
0: If you wish to, you can push yourself and do all the usual things that you can do to get extra dice if you wish.
3: Uh, yeah, sure. Since I definitely don't have anything in shape, I'll uh, I'll go ahead and push myself. All right. So mark your two stress, and
0: that's rolling with one die. Right on. Here goes it. Oof. So two. Okay. Well, um, you do... Still fill in uh, an additional segment there. Cool. So that brings you up to three out of four on on that project on building the Shaker Shrine. All right. So with that done, we will move along to uh, Reading Rhythms, which is where we think about how things have changed, if at all, for the community's beliefs. So Reading Rhythms is on page 113 uh, in the PDF here. And communities shift and change over time. Their hopes, needs, and values are constantly in flux. At the end of each downtime, you'll all have a chance to decide how much change there's been in the rhythm of community life. When you reach the end of downtime, everyone should take a chance to go over your community's ideals. Okay, so our community's ideals, um, as we may recall, they shifted recently to, where they go? Tread lightly on new ground. Risk should not outweigh rewards. Uh, which was part of the reason, Ollie, you were sort of working on your, uh, your rift opening project uh, on the down low, because the blowback against that has been, uh, has been a little bit Um, heavy these days Um, so that is the current belief uh, current community ideal so the uh, question that we have with reading rhythms is based on the you know fact that a uh, giant monster that is uh, a river made out of eyes that can turn into a wave appeared seemingly from nowhere and this hallowed aquanaut uh, came with it it was difficult to tell if that was a willing or unwilling part on the river's um, side, though the river did fight back against the Hallowed the Aquanaut there and try to force it back. So, um, I mean, people know about what happened, even though it was in the middle of the night. Uh, people are, are aware, like you can't just have a fight with a hundred foot tall monster and nobody notices. So what do we think? As a player, do we think this has shifted people away from this belief? kept them more comfortable with this belief, and uh, just as a reminder, it doesn't have to be it shifted them towards an opposite belief. It can just be it shifted them towards a different belief. You want to have thoughts on that?
2: I mean, personally, I feel like while people heard about it, it's not something many people saw happen or were witness to. So I think that it's kind of like more like a did that happen, you know. I heard that this happened, but I don't really see much evidence of it or anything. Like so I feel like there wouldn't be much of a change because again, it was this isolated incident that happened not in the center of things and that again, I'm repeating myself here by saying it happened way out, not many people were there. It wasn't in the middle of things. So I think that while people know that it happened, you know, so I, I I'm i kind of hard to say that I think it would change what they think, which is basically people are still coming into our things. We just got to be cautious.
0: OK, so you think that's keeping them closer to this ideal or you want them to be more cautious?
2: I think that they might be more cautious because they know something happened, but they were not really very aware of when it happened. So I think that it's more like, oh, we need to have more people out there monitoring this sort of thing.
0: Okay. Now people are feeling a little bit, uh, a little unsafe or a little wary because something appeared from outside of our experience and nobody seemed to notice until it was already here. Like maybe people are thinking we need Uh, more early warning systems or something. I think
2: that they're just wary because a lot of people didn't see what happened. Like I was trying to say is they Mm -hmm. weren't there. And mm-hmm. it wasn't in the center of things. So I think that when people hear that this happened, it's like either they think, so what? Or they think, well, what the heck? You know?
0: Okay. If you feel that you, you want to add a tick on the clock for that moving away from this current belief, then you should do that. You just put an X in the box and it'll automatically turn it pink.
2: Or that purplish color. Yeah. I don't know.
0: Velvet or Trudy. This is a question for players, not characters. So I'll address you by your player names. Any thoughts there?
3: Uh, I'm of a pretty similar mind to Kikers. I think if anything, it would just make folks, I guess, equal parts cautious and then determined to fix it. Now they know that, you know, regardless of whether or not, you know, they engage in that research or take risk with it, it'll find them. Uh, Granted, I don't think I think they just know there's an incursion. I don't think they know about the hollowed Aquanaut or they'd be more frightened. But maybe they're doubling down on like more defensive measures, like either you know finding some way to like either designating a zone like ah portals can only open in this zone and we'll watch this zone or you know some kind of firewall equivalent of like all right like let let's you know try to no there's something of like you know some some ability to like recognize who is morphing in, but I don't think we're quite there yet
0: yeah i think um I think you're right, yeah, you can go ahead and add a tick uh into that it's probably. Because Medleystead is, you know, a group of gung-ho folks, right? Like uh, they're, they're go-getters here in Medleystead. People who see a problem and think, well, let's work together and see how we can fix that. So when the, the problem is people can just come into our dimension and we don't know that they're coming, then the solution is probably going to be for a lot of people. Okay, well, we need to, we need to get back into this uh, because, as you said, we can put our heads in the sand, but they're still coming for us. I think uh, that makes sense to me. I'll let a, I'll let a tick on here as well. Um, yeah. in in addition to that, I think there's a, a certain amount of at this point backlash against the backlash, almost like the pendulum flailing back and forth. Cause yeah. they're like, okay, you know, what, what are the, what are the rewards that we're hoping are going to come our way? If not, if we can't even, we're not even players in this game yet is I think the, uh, a lot of people, not everyone, but there's a lot of people making this claim like, you know, this Republic of Anthopheta they can apparently just make a hole in reality and come over here this big old river came and now it's gone without a trace Um, like, we have to be able to at least get to the point where we can play the game on a level playing field with all these other powers otherwise we're done for Um, so I think there's a shift there Um, sorry, Velvet, were you adding a tick as well? I am, uh, I'm trying to figure out which tab that's on uh, it's in the Myriad Couriers playbook. Ah, here we are. Cool.
1: Yeah, I was going to add a tick, too. <laughs> okay. So not much to add that other people haven't already there.
0: All right. Um, shall we move on from that, then? Let's do it. Okay. Uh, factions. So each of you has a faction that you kind of take care of here. Uh, I'm going to pop into the Notion document as we're... As we're at this point, so the penitents, um, their reputation is improving. Like uh, their their stocks going up. No, oh, not that stocks are a thing here, but <laughs> figuratively speaking, it, 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 yeah. oh, social stocks. Yeah, Your social stocks going up. Um, do you think they're working on anything new?
2: Hmm.
0: Do they want to capitalize on this swell of goodwill that they've got for? the disaster relief shelters they've put together and stocked.
2: I mean, I don't know what they would do to capitalize on it as much. That's not really like their goal, you know. Mm-hmm. People like us now, what can we do with that? Um, I think it's more along the line of community, you know, we can pat our, we can feel a little less guilty now that we've done something good for everyone. I think that There is currently some, been a lot of talking in the meetings because people are freaking out, um, because they, (laughs) sorry, they don't like people popping in and messing up with, uh, messing around with things because it's like, hey, like, if you remember, a lot of the penitent are people that were like political prisoners on the Sun, or freedom freedom fighters on the Sun, and then um, former uh, church members or whatever that have seen the light. Um, right. So a lot of them are very. <sighs> I'm trying to find the best way to describe this. I was thinking about this before. They're very—I want to say—territorial in a way because it's—it's.
0: It's, um, protective, perhaps.
2: Protective. It's kind of like you know, you know how like I can only be the the uh like they're like, well, we're the damaged ones here, so don't anyone else be the. Mm it's not the most positive (laughs) uh worldview there but basically there it's like protective and also like
0: is this a a guilt thing like it's are they
2: i would say some of it is guilt i would say that some of them feel very guilty that there are things going wrong that they might feel bad for but then there's also people that are like i don't want this to mess up what i have if that makes sense or i don't want this you know
0: like we're we're making progress we're yeah we're improving things we're starting to you know make amends and we don't want thing outside things to mess that up for us is that kind of
2: that's kind of what it is basically this is this is our turf this is our our patch this is our place where we belong and we don't want someone in here messing this up even if we are like basically it's like they see it as a threat and it's like well we are disposable so let's mobilize in a sense Uh, not disposable but you understand what i mean
0: they they have a self-sacrificing ideology Yeah. yeah in this way yeah um so are they setting up patrols or watch posts
2: um, I want to say that they're watch posts because I think a lot of people would be afraid of them starting to do patrols. Um, yeah, and, I
0: was going <laughs> to say,
2: <laughs> and that, uh, but a lot of them are martially trained, if you remember. Yeah. So I think that they're kind of starting to kind of have like, let's say groups of two or three in certain places just sort of watching and listening. <laughs> in different places okay. and, and stuff like that so
0: yeah all right so do you think the project that they're working on first is securing permission from the community to do this or are they i feel like it this isn't something they would just forge ahead on because as you've mentioned yeah like they're very aware of the the perception people have of them and how this might look
2: yeah i think that i think the higher ups are definitely getting the permissions to do this but they're you know they're probably like a you out there that have already just been like oh i'm i'm just going to start watching on my own
0: okay so it is in a way that the higher ups would probably also be like well you know we at least need to retroactively get this sanctioned
2: oh i don't know if the higher ups know that people are already doing it okay i'm just saying that uh human nature as it is since i would say a lot of them are human or were human or whatever uh I think that some of them like heard the idea and are like, oh, well, I'm going to start doing it and not tell anyone.
0: (laughs) Okay. So I've put here permission to set up perimeter watch points. Thank you. So the penitent are concerned about the safety of the city where they are working towards making amends. They want to set up a patrol or perimeter watchtowers to prevent or alert about future incursions. So I've put this as a four tick clock to work on getting that permission to sort of uh, not necessarily campaign, but uh, it is kind of campaigning in a way. You have to You have to get people on board so that they will vote for this idea when it comes up for a when it comes up for a community vote.
2: And practically, I think that a lot of the penitent, it would make sense they would be part of this movement because, again, a lot of them have the martial training, though it should probably be like there's like one there and then someone else who's not martially trained and just a runner or something or, you know. Right.
0: Like the logistics of that would definitely need to be uh, negotiated and figured out uh, communally. So what do you think is the first step they're going to take? What action do you think? Well, actually, no, we don't need to do actions. We just need to roll for it because this is a faction thing. Uh, So their tier is one. So you roll a die and we'll see how much progress they make in this sort of uh, campaigning phase.
2: Okay. So how many dies? Just one? just the one they are, uh, tier one tier one faction did my uh mic quality just go down for a second
0: uh it's been a little bit um muffled for most of the session
2: crap let me check that oh i rolled a one let me and let me go back and try to fix that
0: okay uh so yeah i think the progress is going to be slow on this because as as you've pointed out there's wariness around you know their martial past and you know a certain segments of the community are understandably concerned, like, well, we just finished recently dealing with, uh, being militarily, martially, uh, and economically oppressed by members of this group. Do we really want them to be heading this up? So I think there's, there's goodwill from the disaster relief, but there's, there's certainly uh, a ways to go before people are going to be comfortable Mm -hmm. with this. So, yeah.
2: Do I sound better now?
0: Uh, you do. Yes.
2: Okay. I guess the blue snowball wasn't plugged in all the way. It was on, but Discord wasn't noticing it.
0: Of course. Okay. And the Bizarre Merchants Collective, Trudy, the last thing that they worked on was investigating those mystery goods, uh, which they were able to successfully complete. Do you have any ideas for what they might be working on next?
1: Yeah, um... I don't know if this is something that they can work on, but they've had a couple of big disasters in the area recently Mm -hmm. or not really big disasters. I wouldn't quite call those big, Um, but they're kind of ramping up. Um, I like to think that they're probably trying to get prepared in case something does um, prevent them from getting goods that are necessary to the survival of the community. So is it possible to maybe have like a you know have them start collecting a stockpile of um important goods?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Do you think they would be aiming to stock these in the disaster relief shelters that the penitent finished building, or would this be something that they are gathering in other places?
1: No, I can see it being in being in there
0: okay, just because we have that we have that infrastructure in place that uh,
1: yeah, that was built so by that faction might as well use it exactly
0: okay. So I say stockpile key resources. Um, That sounds like just a four tick clock because the infrastructure is already in place. So it's just a question of uh, logistics, like figuring out how much of this can we divert to this, this function, to this purpose. Um, Yeah. So you'd roll your three dice there.
1: Oh, gosh. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Careful six. They're they're real serious about it.
0: Damn. Yeah. I got the devil's crits. Okay. Let me just i always need to double check what uh, what what a crit does there i think it's five segments which <laughs> okay let me just pull this up downtime activities long-term projects same deal uh three uh, five segments yes okay so what do you think happens in the community that allows them to like they put out the call and then instantly it's done
1: you know i i think that probably because of all the weirdness that's been happening maybe people are just um willing to drop whatever to get moving um and i guess maybe it just happens that you know by sheer serendipity everyone knows where they need to be and what they need to do and what they're best qualified to do and they all do it i can't imagine a reality in which people would do so well they'd get triple sixes i
0: think yeah (laughs) i think like you said people are they're ready for this like maybe people have been starting to like stockpile things themselves, like thinking, oh, you know, I'll protect my family or protect myself, protect my uh, stall or whatever. And then this call comes out and it's like it's a a reminder for these people that like, well, hold on. This is a community. Yeah. yeah. You know, one of our one of our core tenets as a community is that, you know, no one should have more than they need if anyone doesn't have enough. So yeah, it, it definitely it's like a kick in the keister. so everybody just says, let's let's move it. Let's get it together. And, you know, everyone brings in their stuff and, uh, yeah, you just, you just get it done. Yep. Okay, fantastic.
1: I'll never um, have a roll that good again. <laughs> <laughs> it was spent <laughs> on supplies.
0: <laughs> well, you know, now, if, if anything should happen in the city, you know, we've got the disaster relief shelters and they're, they're stocked with basics. And now they're also stocked with key resources, which would allow for, you know, staging a, you know, recovery or resistance effort as needed.
1: Yeah, we're in a good place.
0: Uh speaking of good places, Hades Town. We're still working hey. on the Labyrinth. Um, let's see how that's going. That's uh four dice that you roll for that. Four dice reno's. Okay, a five. Uh okay, and a five means two segments. So that completes it. Okay. Um what happens when the labyrinth comes online?
3: I think everyone in present does the ooh, like from Toy Story, the little the little aliens do for the claw. All
0: right, and what does it uh, what does it do? Tell us about the function of the labyrinth.
3: Uh, the labyrinth is the is it essentially almost like a Stargate type thing. It's meant to be, uh, you know, a, m- a more focused way of teleporting or at least connecting uh, to other dimensions. Mm-hmm. And does it allow passage
0: or is it a, a viewing thing? I remember, you were saying it was like a, a spy kind of thing. But if it allows like actual passage, then. Um, OK, so you've got the labyrinth and it's like a Stargate type portal thing. And it comes online, it opens up into a different reality. Like, does it open up into a different reality, or does it open up somewhere else uh, in this plane?
3: What do you think? I think it opens up into a a different reality. Okay, let me just do a quick roll here. Yeah, I think the intent was to use use it as as a teleporter. I apologize if I wasn't, like, super clear with that initially.
2: Just don't go in it with a... That special necklace, or else he'll end up traveling in time instead.
3: Is that a Stargate thing?
2: No, that was a Chrono Trigger thing.
0: Oh, gotcha. How long have I been muted? Okay. So uh I rolled a... said, yeah, sorry. The last thing you said was that you were rolling. All right. Uh so I rolled a one on my fortune roll to see which particular uh dimension this opens onto. Um, which is not a, a, a great Result, however, so the labyrinth is online. It opens this portal into a new reality, and the reality it opens onto is one that we have seen before uh, on screen, as it were.
2: Fire one.
0: Yeah, it is. It is just all fire. So the portal opens. Everyone goes ooh, uh, and then fire starts pouring out of the portal and into Hades Town what is what, what happens here like how does how does this get mitigated because it's a lot of I, fire the dimension is just fire
3: that's fair no i assume the you know the, the first thing to do is just get to completely shut the labyrinth down but being that hades town is like forge central I, i'm sure they have more than enough you know stuff on hand to deal with the fire once they're able to shut the labyrinth down
0: okay yeah so it it closes shut then cuts off the the stream of fire and you're just left with the fire that's there. Uh, but the people of Town are able to put it out with their various, uh, you know, fire foams and stuff like that. Proof of proof of function. It works. Um, I don't think you can, as we've seen, you, you don't have the, the technology or the ability to, at this point, determine where it's going to open. But it opens and it appears that where it currently opens is into a dimension that's just fire. But there may be ways to alter that. And I think that's going to play in very well to things that are happening with other factions at the moment. And whether that's something that uh, town is going to want to uh, cooperate with other factions with, that's something that we'll have to determine. Um, I don't mean to, you know, uh, put any damper on, on the fact that the Labyrinth is a working interdimensional portal.
3: <laughs> uh, I mean, listen, the fact that it works is like great enough. That is beyond expectation.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, was Maeve there when this opened?
3: Oh, yeah. Okay.
2: Just imagine her doing, like, this, the excellent smithers.
3: <laughs> Basically.
2: Cup it, like, the hand steeple, but instead of hands, she's doing it with some claws or something at this point.
0: Mm-hmm. I think, uh, like, there's probably a couple of more experiments just to see, like, what happens if we open it. Like, will it open to a different one? But each time it opens, it's the fire one. But, you know, you're ready for it each these times, so like the, the damage isn't as uh, as severe. But uh, yeah, it appears currently that's where it opens. It opens into the fire dimension that Bernie's from. Um, all right. That's exciting. Uh, I think that's all of the factions that you all have. And I want to do experience. And then I have a few short scenes that I'd like to, I'd like to run through before we close up today. Um, if there's still time after doing experience.
2: Okay, so let's do experience really quickly.
0: <laughs> uh, da, da, da. Okay, so uh, we are going to go through uh, Jojo. Do you want to do experience first? Sure. Okay. Uh, as a note, the your playbook is currently needs three. Or sorry, the the courier's crew playbook currently needs three more experience to level up. Jojo, you have at the end of each session, uh, uh, each session review the following triggers. Did you address a challenge with endurance or intercept danger before it could strike in the confrontation between uh, you and ferocity and the river and how aquanaut uh yeah i would agree so yeah i know for i can think of at least two instances this is while you were in the water and you got like blasted with uh ferocities what was a steam gun right uh, you were able to endure that and then also attacking the hallowed aquanaut before uh, it was able to unleash anything was uh, certainly intercept danger before it could strike. So that sounds yep. like two experience there.
3: Yeah, those are... Express your heritage, background
0: or anchors.
3: I think as well, I, I think, you know, feeling at home in the water and again, just keeping with the, you know, the community is a safe place. Uh, I'm here to protect it as far as engaging the hallowed aquanaut. OK, um,
0: so the yeah, the community one there, that would be for the the third trigger. So that's one for that and one for heritage background or anchors um the part of your world i think your your willingness to dive into the river of eyes and then try to communicate with them would definitely be worth that as well um okay so one two three four five um you don't have any quirks yet so it looks like five experience all right i'll take it yeah and you can uh assign those to your playbook track any attribute track or the cruise playbook track and divide them up uh, as you wish. Keva, did you address a challenge with empathy or talk your way out of a tough situation?
2: Yes. Uh, Keva talked to uh, Ferocity and used both empathy and talked her way out of the situation. And then also she talked to the Hollow Aquanaut and was like, "Uh, no.
0: (laughs) Yes, you uh, definitely used uh, the empathy in communicating with the river as well. So mm, that's, uh, that's okay. two there. Express your heritage background or anchors.
2: Well, then maybe we would say uh, taking care of the community by talking to the hollow aquanaut there. So we could say two for ferocity and the river and then one for the hollowed aquanaut, uh, the duty, basically say if you hurt, if you do anything, I will, I will you know. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. um, your... Into the unknown, anchor.
2: Mm-hmm. Do you think
0: that was also stepping into the river?
2: Yeah.
0: Okay, that brings you up to four. Then did you struggle with issues from your belief or your quirks?
2: Um, I don't know if Kevin struggled with it. I I thought of an experience there, but that's not exactly. Um, just like basically with JoJo knowing, like, oh JoJo can handle this. I'm not that worried. Uh, when it comes to oh JoJo got shot or whatever, um. Okay. But I don't know if that um, reflects one of her... If that counts as a belief, does that?
0: Uh, Your belief is the community trusts me. I need to prove myself worthy.
2: Okay, so no, the experiences don't fall into that. Okay, so then just... It was just the four there.
0: Okay. Um, Do you think Keva sees the hallowed Aquanaut as an unjust person?
2: Well, I know that I was totally freaked out and thought it was Emerson KV at mm. first but
0: that was was just Keva. Keva.
2: yeah i don't know um if she knows that yet i think she knows that it's a threat okay. but i don't i don't think that she's had enough experience with it to to you know have it fall under that same okay thing and it also was not an egg so mm.
0: <laughs> okay um so for experience, you can mark in your playbook track, any attribute, or your cruise experience track. Um, Ollie, did you address a challenge with technical know-how or devise unexpected uses for the tools at hand?
1: Um, yes. Ollie was scanning the creature in the session to try and figure out what it was. So yes.
0: Okay, cool. And Unexpected uses for the tools at hand, challenge, technical know-how. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah, you, you scanned the creature, and you also used that to try and trace the, uh, the resonance, I think it was. So that was, I think that's two there. Okay. Uh, did you express your heritage, background, or anchors?
1: Um, well, at the beginning of the session, Ollie did try to help repair the garden.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and also, um, if we include downtime, um, Ollie did actually make some things.
0: Yeah, that's anchor. <laughs> I won't be able to create and repair anything. Yeah. Um speaking of which, uh we made a mistake. We talked oh, no. several times about how you get a special blueprint from paracaus protocol, but also when you craft, uh you get plus one result plus one level to your plus one result level to your roll. So you didn't only have to spend one shell on that. Oh, okay. So I'm gonna add one back. back in there.
2: <laughs> I'm glad that's we awesome. can get nearly immediate results on that. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. Uh okay, so that's uh up to three four okay so that's four and uh did you struggle with issues from your belief or quirks nope my community can count on me for anything involving tech but not much else
1: nope not this time
0: okay so for experience divide it up as you wish
1: all right uh is anyone
2: gonna put anything in the crew xp um i don't know if i am gonna do that this time um Actually, you can take one of mine. Put it in there. Okay.
3: Actually, yeah, I'll donate one as well.
2: Well, then we'll all put one in, and we'll uh, level up. Yay! That's what
1: I was hoping would happen.
0: (laughs) Okay, so uh, when you level up your crew, uh, you gain a new ability. So um, the options that you have, you currently have one of us. As I recall, the one that everyone was really excited about was punch it. Is that the when you enter danger aboard a vehicle? You gain plus one impact for vehicle speed and maneuverability and you don't suffer a worse position when moving around on the outside of a high speed vehicle. Your vehicles gain armor.
2: I'm here for that. That does sound like us.
0: (laughs) Well, I'll let you know. I have been watching the Fast and Furious franchise for the first time. So uh, look forward to more vehicle related stuff. Okay, so we'll add punch it. Um, Yeah, the Express gains armor. I wonder what that looks like. Do you think the Express is growing metal feathers? (laughs) Now they have to. I think like that'll
2: be, yeah Ooh. it's
0: like they're gro- it's uh it's growing metallic feathers over its hull uh yeah i think that would count as the armor there
2: kevin's like what <laughs> where did these come from
0: express just uh you know fluff fluffs their their feather fluffs its feathers out what is it that uh the express doesn't have a face so it can't really preen but <laughs>
2: <laughs> now i kind of want it to have a face Mm -hmm. But I'd need to think of a face that's not terrifying.
0: (laughs) It's got the headlights on it, so that might be. Yeah. Okay. Um, Yes, that is it for the experience. Um, Would we like to show what happens when Ollie brings their news to Maeve? Absolutely. Are you up for that, Trudy?
2: Yes, please. Sorry. Yeah, I'm here for it. I don't don't have a say in this at all, but...
0: (laughs) Uh, Okay, so we we won't take too much time on this because we've only got five minutes here. But um, yeah, Ollie, you got a note from Lou sent us when you opened a portal with your portable, portable, portal machine. Uh, Yeah, and uh, he asked you to bring it to his daughter, Maeve, who you know exists here. And uh, uh, last we left off, Ollie scampered off directly to meet with Maeve. Um Maeve, uh do you take audiences from Ollie like would Maeve? Yeah. Okay. Where do the two of you
3: meet?
1: Uh wherever Maeve is Ollie would probably just burst right
3: through. <laughs> I like to think Ollie bursts into like the testing chamber after we just finished putting out like the last fire from the labyrinth.
1: Um, Ollie totally would do that. I mean, this was a crazy wild thing that happened. Ollie wants to get this message into Maeve's hands ASAP. <sighs>
0: Okay. what's what's Maeve look like when Ollie bursts in? Just to remind the audience.
3: Sure. I, I think Mave is very tall, pallid. Uh she's got like a big uh, you know, thick wavy mane of like purple, blackish hair, uh just a very vampy look. Uh she's got the, like, you know, her eyes are the black sclera with like the golden iris. Uh but she swapped out the like Victorian gown, and for something a little more more shapely and in black and gold, mm. probably dressed it, closer to Carmilla than Lenore. Is it, uh, is it uh, like a dress still? Yes. Okay, cool. Uh, there you go.
0: What does Ollie say on bursting in? Or what does Mae say when Ollie bursts in?
2: Who,
1: who's speaking first? <laughs>
3: uh, All right, does, it'll be
1: Ollie.
3: Yeah, does um, Ollie come in screaming or catch uh, their breath first?
1: Maeve and ollie, ollie comes in flailing with uh with with a note
2: uh, I've got something for you
3: well, that must be important. you look like you ran quite a long way what flames, please
2: it's from it's from your dad
3: it's from my what?
2: it's from your dad
1: she'll uh they'll thrust it into her hands
3: uh i will take it, but give Ollie like a very like you know ted Mississippi look like. Because <laughs> as far as it goes, no one really knows about her dad. Uh, and she will read the missive.
0: Right. Uh I'm not going to read like a prepared statement, but in reading it, it opens up, you know, my, my dearest daughter and all that. And um, the note that you receive from Lou is news from another part of Hablon. Lou, it would appear, is in Sector 5, which last we heard was overrun with warlords, you know, petty warlords and uh, people trying to assert their control over that sector uh, of uh, of Gov's domain. And it appears that much like Medlystead, Sector 5 has been cut off from the rest of Hablon and is isolated on a, a bloom, much as you are, but that there are other communities nearby. Now, not all the details are filled in, but you do get the notice that Lou has been captured and imprisoned. He's being kept captive, and he has included, with this note, schematics hand-drawn by him. He got very good at this type of thing during his time working for the record uh, of the facility in which he's being held. And he sort of signs off with a, if it's not too much trouble, and love, Lou.
1: Is everything okay? I I, I mean, I, I don't know if I know that they're okay. Given, given what I saw. Um, <laughs> Ollie's obviously nervous.
3: Uh, Maeve is completely still, very statue-like, except for uh, just the most subtle of twitches, like around the corners of her mouth and like uh, a little bit of one eye. And then she kind of just like uh, does like the old choir warm-up where you move around your lower jaw mm-hmm. Uh and will hold the paper out, you know, at least the schematics portion of it, outstretched, uh, and just be like, Lord Warlock? You have new direction, Ollie, Thank you ever so much for bringing this to me. Uh, it was—I appreciate it.
1: Y- yeah, and, and any time. I—I uh, I don't know if I'll be able to uh, find your dad again, but uh, if I do, I'll—I'll I'll let you know.
3: Oh, no need to worry about him. I'll find him.
1: Well, let me—let me know if you need anything. I'm—I'm I'm always happy to help.
3: <laughs> of course. Uh, and I think she'll like pluck a, a fistful of magic. Of like the you know the gems they have down here are either from like a stack or something, and just like offer them, to Ollie.
1: Ollie's not gonna say no to that. <laughs> Ollie holds out their paws.
3: <laughs> <laughs> give me, give me.
1: They're gonna bedazzle um their suit, mm, shiny.
3: Some bedazzled overalls. <laughs>
2: Okay. I have to say that when Ollie was running in, I wanted to ask: Do their does their tail also wave when they're waving their arms? No, not this time. But sometimes okay. it does
1: happen. Okay.
0: <laughs> and I think we fade out on the scene here, and if we fade out, we think I think we have a cut to black, and there's a beat for the scene opens again to the plains outside Medleystead, and there is uh, a strange rumbling sound as we see that telltale shimmer in the sky on the horizon as if there were a heat mirage. But the heat mirage grows and it's almost as if the fabric of reality unzips, not the usual tearing we're used to seeing. It's very orderly as it unzips and flaps to the side and something comes through. The camera turns and we now see over the shoulders of this thing as it looks towards Medleystead, And this figure is roughly humanoid. It's difficult to tell the scale. They're wearing an elaborate hat that is sort of a swept back look and it has a pair of antennae sticking up out of it. Whether those are part of the hat or the figure, it's hard to tell. The camera continues to pan back and we see that this figure is Seated atop a creature covered in a great shell. It is oozing a liquid out behind it and onto the uh onto the blasted earth this far outside the city. And the figure raises a pair of what look to be binoculars towards the front of its face, which we still can't see, and gives a grunt, lowers them again. And it picks up what look to be a pair of reins and gives them a little snap. The creature, slug like upon which it rides, rears up squishily and begins to move forward and before almost before we can see the slick trail of its passage, it's gone from sight, such as the speed of it. And we fade once more to black. Okay, thank you for joining me today on Stories of a Broken Sun. I believe we have already done our outro and I'm gonna weave it in here. So that's that for our session today. How are you all doing? Good. Fun.
2: Good. I've just can't wait for uh Raya to show up.
0: That's <laughs> not, <it's> not Raya. <laughs> no, not
2: Raya. Sorry. <laughs> yes,
0: yeah, so I, I do have a different uh inspiration in mind for that, but uh
2: Of course, of course. Sorry. I just No,
0: it's just it's funny that as as, as you said that I remembered, ah yes, there was. Yeah. Also Raya had that funny bug thing that she wrote on.
2: It's like an armadillo esque.
0: Bugmadillo, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. Um that's it we can end our recordings.